I'm Dr. Mandy Meeks, and you're listening to the Behind the Brace podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. Hi, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, I am going to be going through a series at the beginning of this year called Adulting with Scoliosis. We had some opportunities over the holidays to see patients that are away at college or have recently moved, transitioning into different seasons in their life. And a lot of the questions that came up and a lot of the scenarios that we talked about really showed me that some of this information is important to share with you. So as you have transitions in your life, you might be able to use some of this information to make it a little bit easier and to think about some things that sometimes sneak up on us as we transition into those places. Um, So this week, I'm specifically talking about the college years. What happens once we transition out of high school, out of doing whatever treatment we've been doing for our scoliosis, and as we start to move into that adult phase of our life when our parents aren't necessarily right there to help us with navigating care providers, asking specific questions. You know, we have to start doing some of those things on our own. Uh, Even though we still have the support of family, they're not right there beside us if we've, you know, graduated from high school and moved on. So some of the things that have come up over the holiday when I was seeing some patients that have just been finishing up their first semesters of college um, were, you know, of course, as they were in high school, the treatment for scoliosis was more urgent. You know, throughout those years where we're growing and the opportunity for the curve to progress is a lot higher, we have to really be on our game and make sure we're in our brace and that we're being proactive with treatment. And what I've noticed is is that by the time the patients have gotten to the end of high school, they've graduated, we've been able to transition out of the brace from full-time to part-time, or sometimes even those patients aren't having to wear their brace at that point, they're just kind of done with it. They don't want to have to deal with it anymore. They've usually been dealing with this um, at the forefront of their life for at least a couple of years, sometimes up to three, four, or five years, depending on when they were diagnosed and what their treatment protocol was. And so there's a lot of transitions when you have to move, you're starting school, moving into the dorms, taking classes, making all of those transitions into your adult life that now requires you to get a new routine and new systems and and just a lot more on your plate, that can be a little overwhelming. And so what I've found is, is that oftentimes the scoliosis care, that proactive approach gets put to the back burner a little bit. So I had a lot of conversations with patients over the holiday break about how do we navigate that and what are some things that can be really helpful. So first of all, if you've been wearing a brace and 
it depends on what type of brace you have. But if your brace is providing correction, um, so for example, the patients in my office that are wearing a Scully brace, when they have their braces on, they get a great amount of correction throughout their spine. So typically that brace is still fitting them. And if they're not growing, that brace might fit them for a long period of time. Um, When you transition into more of that adult phase, the recommendations change. So we go from wearing a brace full-time to wearing a brace anywhere from six to eight hours during the day. So the first thing is, is figuring out, you know, if we've had a brace, are we still going to wear that? And if we are, how often, how are we going to implement that? And how are we going to make a plan to be successful in that? Um, What I have told families is, If you're wearing a schoolie brace, you're getting correction, you've already invested the money. And if you can do that in a way that isn't detrimental to your daily life, you should really take that opportunity because that's going to provide you continued uh, correction and prevention of progressing. And it can be really helpful. So trying to figure out how do we keep that as a habit even though we're probably sick of wearing this brace. And, you know, I don't have to wear a brace. I've never had to wear a brace. So I can't imagine what it might feel like to have had a brace that you've been required to wear full time for multiple years and then continue to wear it even for a short period of time as you move through into that college phase. Um, So that's really something to be able to consider and to take a look at because it can be really helpful. It's just about talking through that and figuring out how that's appropriate and how can we help support you so that you can get that done with your new routine and your new life, wherever that might be. The second thing is, When people transition from high school to college, or even if they're moving for a job somewhere other than where they've lived their whole life, they have to change every single care provider they have that's at least on a a week-to-week basis. So, you know, a lot of these patients can come back every six months or every year to my office and we can do a check, but on the regular when they're living there week-to-week Um, things like body workers, massage therapists, chiropractors, primary care physicians, sometimes even orthopedic doctors all need to change because they're in a different location and they have different opportunities where they may not be able to travel back to see the people that they've always been able to see. So the tricky part of that is, is how do you choose those providers And once you've chosen a provider, how do you get that continuity of care so that they really know and understand what you've been dealing with? And also, how can they best take care of you as you move forward? Because being in that transition and then also having to find new providers can create some complications. And that's what I've seen as people come back into the clinic. And we're just talking about that um, because there's usually a couple of factors. One, you don't always know what type of training the new providers have had regarding a scoliosis diagnosis or how to manage that. Sometimes they're not familiar with bracing protocols or 
you know, even just the progression of how that changes throughout your adult life. Um, And so they might have different ideas about what might need to happen or how they do things. And that's okay, but we also need to make sure that it's serving you in the way that it needs to serve you and that it's appropriate for what we need as far as that transitional piece. Um, So some key components to that is, is being able to make sure that you ask some questions as you're selecting your provider, see if they're familiar with you know, the situation that you might have going on. And also just make sure it's a good fit from a personality point of view um, and the type of care that you want to receive. Um, And really, unfortunately, that can't always be done until you actually go into the office and sit down with somebody and have that conversation. You know, you can look people up online and visit their websites and, you know, vet them through personal recommendations. And that's always a great way to start. Um, But most of the time, until you've been seeing somebody for a period of time, you know, you'll start to get the feel of whether or not that's a good fit. Um, And I would say with any provider, that you choose when you change providers, there's a period of time where they're getting to know you and you're getting to know them. And even if it seems as though you might not be on the same page, oftentimes what I have found is it's simply a communication factor. And sometimes what that can be is reaching out to whoever's been doing your long-term scoliosis care and having them connect with those new providers and just saying, hey, you know what? This is what we've been doing for the past two, three, four years. This is where we're at right now. This is how we've typically seen them respond. And this would be what our recommendation would be if they would be staying here in our office. And sometimes that can be really helpful to close the gap of, you know, helping them understand just where things have been and and where you want to go moving forward. Um, So some of the big pieces of that would be, um, for example, when we talk about chiropractic care, you can look at chiropractic care from a couple of different viewpoints. And sometimes when you go into an office, they look solely based off of symptoms and pain. So if you go to an office and you're not having, say, back pain, headaches, shoulder pain, numbness, tingling, you know, something that's tangible, something that um, is affecting you on a daily basis, sometimes, depending on how the office runs, they may say that you may not need to be seen for a couple of months. Um, And that's based off of the premise of whether or not you're having symptoms. Now... From a different standpoint, if you have been seen on a regular basis to be more proactive in regard to what's going on in your spine, essentially what that means is, is that if you've been getting adjusted on a more regular basis, whether that's every week, every two weeks, um, every three weeks, just kind of depending on where you've been at, um, most of the time, if you've been doing that regularly, you really might not be having any symptoms. However, the benefit of getting adjusted is still there. So getting adjusted helps your spine have better movement. It helps your discs stay healthy. It helps prevent um, different types of, you know, just biomechanical issues. Um, When you have a curve in your spine, biomechanically, 
it changes how your body moves. So sometimes when you're doing normal everyday things, it's harder on your spine and your body because it's not in the typical position that, say, somebody without scoliosis would be. And so most of the time when we've been working with a scoliosis patient in our office, we've been adjusting them on a regular basis to help improve movement, help keep the discs healthy, help keep their biomechanics as normal as possible, in addition to whatever bracing protocol or traction protocol might be there. Um, So most of the time when patients leave my office and they go into, you know, college or into whatever job that they're moving to in a different location, they're not having symptoms. So one problem that has shown up is, is that moving into an office, you really have to know and understand what the premise of that office is and what their purpose is and, you know, how they serve their patients. Um, Because if you go in without any symptoms or any significant pain, and that's what they base their recommendations off of, they might not be recommending that you come back on any sort of regular basis. Um, However, if you transition into an office that is looking at the entire system and being more proactive and preventative in the sense of we're going to keep checking and adjusting you so that you don't end up back in this position of having symptoms or pain, um, they will make different recommendations for you. And so that's just a place where I've noticed maybe the biggest discrepancy because there are a lot of different types of offices that you can choose. Um, and it is a little tricky when you, you know, need to jump on somebody's website and you need to call their office and see what their policies are and just kind of ask some questions. Um, so we really do our best, if we can, to try to coordinate our patients with people that we might know throughout the state and whatever local area there may be. But that's not always a possibility. So there's a few questions that you can ask if you're looking for an office and you want to know what type of care that they provide. Um, So when you give them a call, generally I tell people to ask, you know, hey, what's your um, policy about new patients? What does that look like? Um, And their front desk should be able to tell you, you know, what their procedures are and, and how that looks. The second question you can ask them is, you know, what's their philosophy on care for their patients? Um, Most of the time, if they are looking at being more proactive, their front desk will be able to tell you that. And if for any reason they can't, um, at least in our office, you can always ask to do like a quick phone call with either one of their assistants or sometimes even the doctor might be able to do that with you. Um, before you make a commitment to go in as a new patient, just to try to gather some information. Um, The third thing is, is that, you know, once you have established that care and you've worked with that office, um, is to see if they're willing to connect with the provider that you've been working with. Um, Oftentimes, just even having the past x-rays and just bits and pieces of information. They don't need every note from every visit for the past five years, but some very basic information about whether it's um, your radiology reports, um, when you first got your brace, how long you wore your brace, just things like that so they can get an overall picture. Again, it doesn't have to be completely 
ridiculously detailed down to every single tiny thing that happened over the last five years, but it really should give them a general picture of what's happened. Um, So being able to look at that and work through some of those things will help you be able to identify a provider a little bit easier. Um, Same thing goes with if you're looking for a new physical therapist or a new massage therapist, anybody that would be working with you on a regular basis, um, oftentimes that's helpful. So I think you can use those for really any provider that you're looking for. Um, In regard to like a primary care provider or say even an orthopedic doctor, oftentimes if you've been seeing somebody in a bigger facility, so say a hospital like Sanford or Essentia or All True, something like that, most of the time um, they can refer you to providers that are closer. So say you've moved across the state or you know, even into a neighboring state, oftentimes those doctors already have those connections. So I would really recommend that if you're needing that piece of information um, to just talk with them before you make that move and they can help you transition um, into more of that adult um, care with an orthopedic doctor that can be able to follow you. Um, And most of the time, once you've graduated from high school, you're done growing, if you're not wearing your brace like you were when you were younger, um, most of the time they don't they don't check in every six months like they used to. That's either, you know, sometimes it'll be every 12 months when you first, you know, transition out of that pediatric phase and into an adult phase. Um, And then sometimes even up to every three to five years, just depending on your circumstance, um, how significant your curve was, you know, just what your health history um, shows us. And and they'll be able to base those recommendations off of that. Um, But those are probably the top key important things Um, And the last thing I want to leave you with is when we are in high school and we're managing a scoliosis and there's really that urgency as far as being able to prevent progression, and that's when you also have the maximum um, opportunity to get correction of the spine um, through bracing and through traction, we're usually on top of that. So... You know, we have our our parents and our support system in place. And when we start to transition out of that, just emotionally, I find people are kind of done. They just want to be done with it. They don't want to have to deal with it anymore. They want to break from it. And that's okay. Um, if you need to take a break from that, making sure that you do it responsibly, but also making sure that you keep that in your awareness so that you don't slip into a place where now all of a sudden you worked really hard to gain all this progress and then you just kind of fall off the charts. Um, Because I have seen where people work really, really hard. They're super diligent. um, They get all of their things done. They go through all of their treatment protocols. They're consistent. um, They're compliant with everything. And then all of a sudden when they're done with that and they graduate from high school, they kind of just throw it all out the window. And if you don't check in on that, at least at some sort of consistent rate, whether that's every 12 months or every couple of years, just from either an x-ray point of view or have some sort of continuous care, that's where there's a lot of time and energy put into something that can sometimes you know, go backwards um, if we just stop everything all at once. And so 
that's really where the conversation about continuing to be proactive and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And sometimes what that means is, you know, making sure that you're getting enough water, that you're getting enough sleep, that you're eating, you know, on some sort of regular basis, healthy foods, that you're getting movement in, um, just making sure that you're taking care of yourself and taking care of your body and that you're not so done with it that you just don't go back to see another provider at all um, or that you don't ever get another x-ray again. Because at some point as you transition into those college years and into your mid to late 20s, you still do need to keep tabs on this so that it doesn't get out of control into a place where you know now you're affected in a way that it's going to take a whole lot of time and energy to work your way back. So really a lot of these tips are, you know, so that you can have an easier transition as you transition into this phase um, to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. I've had some people that they just needed three or four months to get into their groove and then we regrouped and we're like, okay, here's the new plan and that's okay, but just don't do it forever because if all of a sudden it's a year, two, three, four, five, six years and now you're through college into your new job and into your mid to late 20s and you have this huge issue, you might be kicking yourself for having put in all of that work when you were younger and then just kind of taking a huge sabbatical. So um, hopefully this has been helpful for you. Um, as always, if you have any specific questions, you can contact our office either on our website, um, behindthebrace.com has all of our information on it. Um, and we're always willing to do consults. Hopefully you have a great week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, that would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at BehindTheBrace.com. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit RaymaTeam.com.